Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. everybody and welcome back to episode 85 of empty betters i'm your host harrison schultz i'm gonna toss it across the screen to my co-host nick manella how we doing buddy doing well man hanging in there up early ready to rock ready to talk some hockey amen uh and i'm gonna toss it across to my other co-host mac vogel up in milwaukee how we doing man doing well as well um yeah, it's early. We're uh, we're ready oh, to rock, though, as always. You can tell it's early because nobody's giving <laughs> nobody's giving any of the. Extra my stuff. my brain is like I am not turned on yet. I have yeah. nothing to say. Yeah, absolutely. my brain is just going like, what do you think you're doing to me right now? Like why? <laughs> like why is it appropriate to have a conversation this early in the morning? Oh, I know what I can I can say because I what I've been up to is that I've been following this pretty awesome milwaukee bucks run for all you nba fans out there um did they win last night they did and they nice. they played a really close game and made me nervous all night long i did not think we were going to win and then in the fourth quarter we we're just like you know what yeah we're good we won by like 10 points or something like that but um yeah they look good i'm a little bit scared of phoenix if we can make it to the finals but yeah they look good We'll yeah. see what happens. At the very least, it's uh, it's created some pretty sweet events around here. I was at an awesome bar last night that basically threw like a big party for the game. Um, and then, of course, you can always go down to Pfizer and watch outside at Deer District, which is like kind of too mobbed at this point to even have fun and see the game there. But for the first couple of rounds, that was fun. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool that you guys are getting some buzz up there. I don't know how the Brewers are doing this year, but definitely. Uh, it's good that the Bucks are getting some buzz. So I got to tell you guys this because I'm I, while it's fresh in my head, it's Monday morning. It's not even 8 a.m. yet. I have the craziest men's league story possibly of all time from last night. Better than the kid blacking out at the faceoff. Yes. Okay. This is this is this is this is a different level. So let me let me start here. So I'm new to this league. I think I've said that a million times. I've always played at Ricerstown. This year I'm playing at Piney Orchard. Uh, I barely know anybody. Um, one of my buddies, I think you both know him, Luke West, got me on the team. So he's like the only guy I know. But everybody's cool, whatever. So yesterday, to clarify, this is ice, right? Not this is uh, this everybody. is ice. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is not the uh, the free state empty betters league. So this is ice yesterday. Um, so they warned me before the game. They're like, oh, like the other team, like they're not that good, but historically, like they start a lot of fights. So I was like, oh, like. Great. Just like every, it feels like every week we're, we're, someone's getting in a scrum, whatever. So we start playing and they're not that great. We're, we're up like, you know, five to two. I also scored the nicest goal of my career and I'm going to find a clip of it because it's recorded on Liveborn. So I want to show you guys because it made me excited. Um, but there, I'd say there's third period. It's like six to two, probably like, I don't know, eight minutes left in the third or something around that. And the other team has a girl on their team. And we had uh, I, we had two girls playing our team last night. One was a sub, one's a regular. <clears throat> so this girl on the other team has been starting like shit all game. Kind of, and I'm just being honest, like kind of a f- not a usual thing that goes on, right? Like, like she's kind of like slashing in the back of the calf, 
Like she's she's given a couple cross checks to people, and I didn't find this out till after the game. She's been suspended from the the league like four or five times by the commissioner. Like it's an ongoing problem. So wow. yeah, no, this girl like she starts some shit. So we have a guy on our team who played at Salisbury, who has a really bad history with concussions, like real bad, and. With like eight minutes left in the third, he's near their bench and he goes to dump it in like backhand because the puck is on the wall. So he's literally right in front of their bench and he dumps it in. And this girl takes like five huge strides. Damn. Like from behind, like. Straight up, like boarded the shit out of him. Like Matt cooked him, just completely cleaned him. Yeah, like, Ugh. like, like she railed him. And the worst part was he fell into the boards. And then after he fell into the boards, she pried him in. Like she kept pushing him into it. Like kind of like crunched him. Like it literally, like you could hear like the crunch. And both benches stand up, and our whole bench is like, "What the fuck." I didn't see it because, you know, it's that awkward angle where when it's on the other team's bench, you can't really see it too well. You got to, like, kind of lean over to see. Well, you know, um, I don't think – when wires cross, wires, <laughs> wires cross. You guys have refs or no? We do. Okay. Yeah. And the refs lost control of the game for sure. So Clearly. So she boards him. He gets up. I don't think he really cares or knows who hit him, what hit him. So he kind of turns around and, like – shoves her right like because he's just got horribly boarded she doesn't get a penalty he gets a penalty for pushing her this is where it gets fun so remember this is an important detail he was in front of the other team's bench well their head enforcer is the girl's dad oh okay there we so go it's a it's a daughter father on the same team well when? So that's why she's doing shit. Right. She knows yeah. that no matter what, she's fine. <laughs> she yeah. when she was three years old playing mini sticks, her Jesus dad was like, Christ. "Don't worry about shooting. Here's how you light a kid up from behind." <laughs> yeah, right. So and daddy's gonna be right there on the edge, yeah. right? So our our guy gave her a shove to, to the like the upper body, like kind of in the neck area. Like, what the fuck is your problem? Like all this stuff. Wires crossed. I get it. It happens. Well, the guy comes off the bench, the dad, and starts wrestling our guy like hard like 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 imagine this microphone right here he puts it around there like like face wash him trying to lift up his mask well our guys lose their shit and our goalie like god love him but he's he gets kind of hot he skates out of the net he goes into the pile i love so a good hot-headed just, goalie That's yeah everybody's yeah. every so everybody's getting rowdy and i'm on the bench but i'm just like everyone's kind of like semi beating the shit out of each other refs finally break it up and, you know, we go our separate ways. Our guy gets kicked out of the game. The girl who initiated everything doesn't. The dad who tries to beat up our guy who, who responded. Who it a kid. Yeah. He gets kicked out of the game, too. That's, well, that's good. So here's the problem. This isn't the NHL where there's two different ways to go to the locker room. There's one way to go to the yep. locker room. So they kick them both out of the game. And not oh. even 30 seconds later. They're walking back behind the glass. You can see them walking towards the tunnel. And our goalie must have said something to the dad through the, through the glass. And the dad, like, slams on the glass, like, at the goalie. <laughs> and our goalie is a little bit of a psycho. He headbutts the glass yep. and starts screaming at him. 
And then our, like, then they start fighting again. The guy, both guys got kicked out. There's like families and wives and kids like sitting in the, in the stands. And then the wives are screaming like, stop, stop. It was chaos, complete chaos. What the fuck? And so like all, one of our captains, his wives cussed the shit out of the dad. It's like, your daughter, the fucking, butt. I'm not going to say what she said. Yeah. Like, She's a fucking mother. You, you <laughs> son of a bitch. This isn't the first time you've done this. But I'm like, okay. So long story short, they have to walk. They have to have bystanders walk these two guys out to their cars while we're playing the third period so they make sure that nobody gets you know assaulted basically and i was just like i've never ever 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 seen quite that to to that degree men's league get out of hand what was, was the wild. reaction like after that did uh the girl that lit up your boy get like just like hit she, hard the rest of the game or no no i mean it, well, you it, said it was late in the third at that point anyway right yeah it, it was a sticky situation and like you know I, listen i am don't condone violence any of that stuff but you know when the girls on our team are saying yeah she can't pull that shit and just expect like you know that she's gonna get off free i was like yeah i mean at the end of the day we're all we're all out here trying to have you know break a sweat have some fun and not get out of the hurt. house and drink and nine we, beers yeah, I mean, the guy who got boarded, has, he has right. kids. I'm like, you know, if you end up seriously hurting him, that doesn't just yeah. affect him. It's like, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So the goalie, this is the best part. Goalie, when we end the game, go, you know, everybody goes to the handshake line. He just takes off his gloves, says, fuck you guys, and walks off. And Good. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't shake hands. So nice. yeah. it was wild. I, I think like, I had to share that. No, that's insane. And it's great that, you know, you guys have like you know girls involved in beer league i think that's awesome and it's great that they're you know yeah. playing with you guys but like you know man woman whatever like hitting someone from behind like especially someone that's got concussion issues and as you mentioned is a father that's and it's a non-hitting league anyway like, it's a non-hitting league really, right. like that's supposed pretty shitty. to be the whole thing is you can't really hit in a beer league because there's too many people of different sizes right. and ages and yeah it was, you know it health was conditions and whatever sure. so it was uh it was different it was a different yeah. type of game so well, felt like i story. felt like i needed to share that but uh i will find the clip of my goal because please I think do you guys would like it. sounds yeah. good i was also yeah. gonna uh share a beer league story but i'm gonna save it for the end of the episode so we can start and get into some of this stuff here yeah uh nick or actually whoops my bad but before we get to the league news uh, I was looking at Nick because he's wearing a beautiful Brackish Life hoodie today. We wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. <clears throat> if you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Before we get into the news, speaking of donating proceeds of profits, in case you guys didn't see, uh, we have officially announced that we have done our collaboration with the Lachlan Family Foundation. So that's really exciting. Uh, we got to be on their IG live. 
They made some posts about it. If you don't follow Craig Lachlan or Courtney Lachlan on Instagram and Twitter, go do so. Um, so we are selling a t-shirt and koozie bundle that has Craig's face on it. And on the back, it says empty betters in the Lachlan family foundation, uh, pro proceeds. They look great. They do look great. Yeah. And the proceeds will be donated to Craig's, uh, foundation. We will also be at his charity golf tournament in September. So that's pretty cool as well. We'll be selling some of the merch there. Uh, so we appreciate all those who support it's for a great cause. You can find the link to our store in all of our social bios. Uh, you can go to emptybetters.com and then click on shop and the, the wowie Kazowie uh, t-shirt collab will be right at the top when you see it. So it's can't miss. Just yeah. had to get that in there because I felt like that was big news. It is. And yeah, seriously, thank you to everyone that's bought a bundle so far. They've gone all over the place. There's ones ending up in California. One got shipped to Manitoba. So um, I don't know. I didn't know Amazon or USPS had dog sled teams to get it out there to them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's good. Uh, yeah, so a bunch of news to get to. A uh, bunch of just sort of random stuff happened over the last week or so. Uh, the Seattle Kraken hired Dave Hackstall as their first head coach. I think we were all kind of surprised by this one i think to say i think we all kind of was like oh it's gonna be talk it like you know he's sort of just like left out there and you know seems to be the best candidate available but yeah since being the flyers bench boss hackstall has been an assistant coach with the leafs since 2019 uh broke into the nhl with the flyers in 2015 after coaching the university of north dakota uh, and this sort of made sense once you put together the Ron Francis connection that he has. Uh, they both worked together for Team Canada at the 2019 World Championships. Uh, and Francis also revealed last week that the Kraken interviewed eight head coaching candidates. So I guess they decided that Hackstall was the man for them. So I think you and I said this uh, when we were talking to Craig and Courtney on IG Live, but I, just kind of a surprise to me. I mean, given the, the Ron Francis connection, I, that's a good uh, fact to point out I thought for sure it was going to be talk it same I I just when I see Dave Haxtell I just think of the 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 bad flyers days yeah and it, yeah it, it kind of freaks me out a little bit so that's that's pretty much the only thing I know about him however I will say the reaction online was overwhelmingly bad like all the comments were like bad move bad move this sucks bad move wrong move like everyone was like fuck that I don't like I think that everyone was sort of expecting them to go after and be able to get someone like what Vegas did with Gerard Gallant, but I don't think that was an option or was a realistic get for them. And watch the Kraken just suck for like yeah. twenty years or yeah. some shit like that. Not doing what what did you say Vegas was doing? Trying to cram like twenty years of being a franchise into the first two. <laughs> yeah, I do you remember Harry saying that? Yeah. Um Anyways, I, you know, I have a couple feelings about this move. I think that personally it's, you know, you go back to like, like you mentioned, Hackstall is sort of associated with those crappy Flyers teams, but he was also a pretty damn good coach at North Dakota. So I think maybe it's just a question of was Philly the not, not the right fit for him? Is Seattle going to be, who knows, because no one even knows what that team is going to look like. I think they have one player signed, and that's it's about hard it. to it's hard to decide a coach before you have a team because yeah. so much of it is like, oh, what what players have maybe played with this guy before, or like what you know, you know, maybe. But I guess they look at this and they're like, all right, well, 
props to us if we end up with anybody on our team from North Dakota, you know? <laughs> Seriously, it's just going to be all North Dakota guys. TJ Oshie? No. No. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in no. there. Uh, moving on, Mark Messier joins ESPN as a studio analyst for NHL coverage. I think this is a pretty big get. Mess really hasn't done like a ton of media. You would think a guy like that would be perfect in the booth or in the studio. So he's always super like, you know, animate like animated emotions and stuff. Yeah. Like even as a player, he always had good interviews and stuff yes. like that. So I think this will be cool to see him in that role. Yeah. I think that's a great hire. Absolutely. Yeah, so the six-time cup champion joins ESPN on a multi-year agreement to contribute to the network's NHL coverage beginning next season on ABC, ESPN, and Hulu, which we've covered before. Did you see um, P.K. Subban on ESPN the other day? With Stephen A. Yeah, where he's yeah. explaining, like, you know, what's actually happening and how, like, what Cole Caulfield could possibly be compared to, like, in yes. basketball terms. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. He's so good. He'll be so good on television when he's done. He is. And I'm not the biggest Stephen A fan, but I watched that entire thing, and I thought uh, they both did a fantastic job. Yeah. Did, I didn't see this. Did Stephen, like, actually shut the fuck up or no? Not for the first two and a half minutes, but after that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, because oh. <laughs> that's the biggest problem. It's like it, you know, he has his show where he just basically screams, screams. He, he only knows how to do one thing. Which yeah, is like you know, whatever. He but, screams. Uh, yeah, it's like we do kind of need a a give and take, not just a you yelling the entire time. But from New York, so yeah. <laughs> they expect um, some not so great news to talk about. This is sort of surfaced over the last week. Uh, an unidentified former Chicago Blackhawks player has made it known that an ex-assistant coach sexually assaulted him and that the team did nothing about it. He said that everyone on the team was aware of the alleged sexual assault of two players by former video coach Brad Aldrich. One of the players filed a lawsuit in April alleging that the Blackhawks ignored his report. He stated that Aldrich threatened to injure him physically, financially, and emotionally if the plaintiff did not engage in sexual activity, and he sought $150,000 in damages in the case. The team said those allegations lack merit. TSN's Rick Westhead reported last week that two players had told skills coach Paul Vincent about the alleged sexual assault by Brad Aldrich, and Vincent relayed the information during a May 2010 meeting with several members of the Blackhawks front office at the time. A source told Westhead that Vincent's efforts to inform the Chicago police were rejected, and Aldrich remained a, remained a member of the coaching staff for the rest of the season, and that's, of course, the year that the Hawks went on to win the Stanley Cup. So this is just a horrible situation. I don't think anyone wants something like this to ever happen. And I think it's scary when you learn about how the front office knew about it and just chose to sweep it under the rug. No, no statement by the team, right? Not yet. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, I think one's coming. It certainly better be. You would have to. And I think you've you've got to point the finger at both the league and the team here because – you know, I know the NHL loves to, you know, lottie dots fucking feet around before doing anything. But, you know, you would think an investigation or something has to be coming because this just can't be allowed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a completely fucked up situation there. Um, and they asked Bergevin about it because he worked for the Hawks in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, according to him, he said, I have nothing that I knew nothing about it. And you I'll 
he didn't say I'll die on my grave, you know, saying that, but like he was said something similar to that. I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah, this is, uh, this is just not a good look for the Hawks or for Stan Bowman or for anybody who works in the front office for that matter. So I would definitely expect a, a statement coming out here probably within the next week, I would hope. A statement or more. I mean, Stan Bowman is still with the organization. There's a handful of guys that still are. A lot are not. But, um, I, I mean, the backlash that I've seen from people online is, you know, everyone's just saying that the whole team knew what was knew. happening. Yeah, and I, I heard that too. Which I think is just as much on everyone that knew. Yeah, it's... Uh, I understand it's a, a sticky situation, but... Yeah, and... and- you know, it, the timing of it is just so strange to me with the, the May of 2010. That's, you know, prime playoff push. So I don't, there's a lot of lot of details that are going into this one. So I'm not going to speculate. It's not my place to do, but a very fucked up situation. Yeah, there's a big contingent online that's saying they need to have the championship stripped. Wow. And I, I was like, wow. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know, know if the player that, would but... necessarily even want that. Right. Know, but yeah, yeah. again, I'm not going to speculate. Maybe you would. No, I don't agree with that. But yeah, that's uh, that's not something pleasant to get to. Uh, fortunately, we don't have many injuries to cover today. Uh, and we're going to hop into our series recap and then our Stanley Cup final preview. Super excited for that. Just want to remind everyone before we get into all that jazz that summer is here and has never there has never been a better time to get out on the water. If you're looking to finance that new boat or RV you have always dreamed of, <laughs> the Yacht Lender is a specialist in marine finance. With partnerships with 15 different banks, he has the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Harry, stop laughing. Backed by Trident Funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, the Yacht Lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. Don't wait. Apply today at www.yachtlender.com or check him out on Instagram at Yachtlender to see others who have already gotten out on the water. I had to put my hand over your face because you were making me laugh the entire time. Um, oh, my God. That ad read does not get old. I, uh, I actually started laughing because I, I started thinking about the time that uh, Nick called Magnus Pie RV Mangus. Mangus. <laughs> Wait, that was a throwback. Yeah, that was hilarious. We need more of those, Nick. You need to yeah. fuck up a little more. Come on. That one, the Mangus one was like 75% intentional, 25%. Like I couldn't stop it once I started, but right. you know how that goes. Yeah. Stop Mangus. being so clean, uh, yeah. Nick. You got to start fucking up a little more. I'll try. Okay. Um, I'll just drink more during the podcast. That should do it. Yeah. 6 a.m., no big deal. Exactly. Who cares? More, morning beers? Right. Uh, yeah, not today. not today. Not uh, today. No. Yeah, I woke up and I was like, yeah, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, so let's wrap up the, what are we calling, what should be the conference finals now, the Stanley Cup semifinals? Sure. We'll go quick through them. So um, Tampa, New York, game six. What a game. The best game played, in my opinion, all season. That yep. was awesome. What a great game. Uh, that building was absolutely electric it was nuts i had quite a lot of money on the islanders that game after losing uh the vegas game five the night before and anthony bavillier nick you called it the clip said it the clip said it all we he needed to play big he needed a timely goal and holy shit he had the most timely goal all season for the isles so talk uh, about an absolute pizza that was thrown yeah what coleman 
Yeah. Coleman just fucked it, fucked it up right in yeah. the middle, and uh, Bavillier buried it high glove on Vassy. So, you know, in hindsight, now that we know the end result, it was good that the Islanders won their last game at the Collie, the way that that went yes. down. I think that, you know, that's, that, that, sends all, that sends it off the right way. So um, props to the Isles. It was a great series, uh, and we'll get on to game seven in a second. But uh, they came down – they came back from after being down 2-0 with, I think, eight minutes left in the second. If you would have told me they would have won that game, I would have said you're nuts. Yep. So good for them. What did you guys think of the end of the game? Because – Oh, the game where they threw the beer. There's games beer over. They went in overtime, and next thing you know, anything in anyone's hands is on the ice. Um, I'm gonna probably get roasted for saying this. I kind of didn't mind it. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, players if, now full beer is like getting chucked. Yeah, you can hurt somebody, but like from what I saw, is like just kind of like random shit, dude. It's New York. There's no laws. There's That's- there's no way there's full beers in overtime. No, yeah, well, yeah. that second they stopped selling them after the second. So, right. I mean, I don't know, dude. I, like Edzo was like having an aneurysm. Like, was, they need to stop. Right. Stop. Eddie Olchik was, like, was ripping into them like right after his analysis of the Beauvillier goal. I was like, let him go, dude. Like they're fucking Long Islanders. They like, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, I I get it. It's an emotional moment. It's like you know, you're so excited. You're just like, oh my god, I get. I'm just gonna like throw something you know but at the end of the day it's kind of like all right all right long island reel it in reel it in don't throw don't throw beers on the it's like it's not as bad as like the the philly incident do you guys remember that one against the caps in the playoffs when yeah what monumental moron decided to give flyers fans projectile size clear white bracelets that you know well they were losing that game when philly did it right it's like five one yeah, so at least yeah. for this, it's, you know, oh, we're excited, like, whatever. I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. It kind of gives it, a like, a college atmosphere. I'm all yeah. for that. I didn't hate yeah, it, it did obviously. Feel, it did feel very, like, even high school, like, basketball gym. Like, it, yeah. a bunch yeah. of idiots are like, oh, my God, what to throw something. Yeah. I just feel bad for whoever had to clean it up. Yeah, wow. I thought I thought of that, too. That's a like, mess. Some, some poor employee saw that and was like, oh. And he's like, I just want to go home. <laughs> I wanted to go. I was about yeah. to go home. All right. Now I'm going to have to. <laughs> Come on, higher ice now. Yeah. Uh, well, they might have busted nut too early because Game Seven went a little different. Yeah. yeah. Also, before we move on to Game Seven, the best quote from Game Six was, "That was pretty normal for the Coliseum. It normally smells like cigarettes, but this time it just smelled like beer." <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. said that? I can't. Was it Pavilion? I think so. I can't remember. That was yeah. awesome. What a quote. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Islanders take game six, three to two in an overtime thriller to force the game seven. And then we have game seven over the weekend and kind of went almost exactly to plan, if I can say that. I kind of predicted it decently well. I know that, um, Mac, you I think you were the one who kind of pointed out to me, Isles plus one and a half. Uh, that was a lock. I was a mortal lock. So I made some good money on that. The under was a lock, made some good money on that. The only thing I missed on was a little sprinkle on the Isles money line. But uh, yeah, game seven, not really much to talk about other than Yanni Gord uh, scores a shorthanded goal in the middle of the second period to give the Lightning a 1-0 lead. And that was it. That was the only goal scored. It sucks that like, I mean, granted, this was an exciting game in my opinion. Like I, I, was on the edge of my seat for most of it, but it it just sucks that like 
so many game sevens end up this way. Like I can think of a handful of like two to nothing and one to nothing game sevens. And it's just, you know, a testament of, you know, players at the highest level of their sport, being able to lock it down when it matters most. But, um, you know, it's always fun to see like a five, four overtime game seven or something like that. You just don't see it nearly as often. This one reminded me of, do you guys remember the, it was like way, way back, maybe like 2012, the Boston Tampa Bay game seven, where I think like Lucic Shagan or, scored the old only one, I think. Or it was like Lucic or Horton or someone scored like the only goal in the game, like with five minutes to go in the third period or something. Yeah, I think yeah. I, yeah. There that was, was also, an epic yeah. series. It was. And this sort of reminded me of that. Like it was an epic series. It was back and forth. And then it literally comes down to Yanni Gord capitalizing on that one chance. And then everyone else just shuts it down for the rest of the game. Do you remember a series? I want to say only a couple of years ago, I think it was game seven, maybe it was game six, but I think it was game seven caps penguins at pens one, two to nothing. Two nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a Malkin goal. Actually he might've had both goals. He had the, the first one, game. and then the second one was like a, the dumbest Hornquist backhand that oh, somehow that's... Holtby didn't yeah. see it or something like yeah. that. Was, I remember was... Holtby was still standing up, and he just did the classic like, oh. Yeah. Like, that was uh, game seven in 2017, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right times. before our you – know. No, like right before our – like. Well, yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on your way to yours, but yeah. <laughs> you're before ours. Oh man. Uh, good times. Uh, uh yeah. game seven just... also entered Braden Point's goal streak. So yes, that was worth noting. So he officially had the second longest goal scoring streak in NHL postseason history uh at nine games. The record's ten, could have tied it, but you know. does he get a point tonight? Or goal? Probably. Oh <laughs> uh, god, I don't even probably gets think two about to make up for the one he missed out on. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Price might lock it down. We'll see. I don't know what to expect tonight. I might not bet because game one, you know. We're going to get into that real shortly. Uh, We're going to real quick recap Vegas-Montreal. Montreal Montreal won the series in six games. It was two to two tie going into game five. And in in my opinion, the biggest upset in the playoffs so far was game five where Montreal goes into Vegas after Vegas is riding high with a big overtime win in Montreal. They go into their barn, wild as fucking crazy as you can get, and they stomp the Knights 4-1 with an epic performance by Carey Price. Just a a lockdown game for the Habs. And I think after that, you kind of knew, like, holy shit, they're going to take it in six. I mean, the Knights had no answer. They were completely defeated. Yeah, I agree. It, I don't know. I know everyone is looking at Vegas like they're this, you know, really, really good hockey team. And I think they are. I think they have some depth issues and they also had some injury issues too. Like Chandler Stevenson is that team's top center and he was out. And that's one of the problems. And that was a big miss for them. They don't have a lot of center depth. Um, I think that's something that they're going to explore. I would I would definitely think that one of the two goaltenders, and it's probably going to be Flurry, is going to be dealt for some type of centerpiece in return. So I guess we'll see how the offseason goes. But I've even heard a lot of Eichel Vegas rumors, which is quite yeah. interesting. I obviously don't want to see that, but um, they're in on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they have the pieces. Like if they really right. wanted to, they could make a blockbuster <laughs> trade like that work. They have so many people they could move. So, yeah. I just yeah. the uh, you know we'll get into the goaltending thing in the situation in the series in a bit, but I think that was pretty telling to how that series ended in six games. 
Well, worth noting, right? I believe Laner won game four when they yep. were in Montreal. They came back to Vegas for game five and they started Flurry. Yep. Flurry's, Flurry played that game. So wasn't uh, Locker saying on the IG Live that he thinks DeBoer is going to pay for that move? Yeah. He said his job was going to be in question after that move. And I, I think, you know, maybe not fire him, but I think you have to look at him and go, like, what were you thinking, dude? Like, you. I understand. So you pluck Flurry from after game three, after he causes that turnover. Totally understandable. Get that 100%. You start Laner the next game, he wins it. And then you go back to Flurry. It's overthinking. The it whole is, thing overthinking. is overthinking. And granted, it's hindsight too, because at the time I was like, all right, yeah, I guess I that like the move. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. At, yeah. At first, it makes sense. But then when you sort of like flip flop on it. Yeah. I wouldn't even say it made sense. I just like the move because. Every like, time they had rotated a goalie in any series prior, or even in this one, they win. Yeah. So I guess his mindset was, "Well, I'm going to get my team rallied. We're, we're going to get Flower bounce back win. We're going to, you know, we're going to play for him." But just didn't exactly go that way. Um, you know, I thought that you know going into the playoffs, this was the team I expected to either win the Stanley Cup or be in the final at the very least. I think throughout their run, it became apparent that they weren't quite ready to win it all there's definitely some issues like nick said some depth issues and stuff but um i think they're close i think they'll figure it out in the next couple of years easily um the one thing i will say i praised this team all year long for having the two best goalies and how that's so dangerous having laner and flurry and i think in the regular season it totally is but when it comes to the playoffs, it almost hurts you more than it helps you because suddenly it's like more of a battle than a collective because both of those guys are so competitive. They, they want to play every single night. And, you know, in the regular season, neither of them is going to be upset. If it's like, oh, I'm not playing tonight. Cool, I get to rest. Like, they're going to be down for that. But you never, neither one of those guys ever wants to be on the bench in a playoff game and so that's got to like just create a little bit of tension and like even if you know they're respectful about it outwardly no doubt it creates some tension and you never want that in your locker room especially in the postseason so I think they do need to trade one of the goalies um you know have a young guy there like Oscar Dance maybe I don't even know if he is young but he's unproven anyway yeah Um, he's under 30 so yeah but anyway you get my point yeah I I, I completely agree uh Look I at think the two teams in the finals. Exactly. One goalie. Who are, system. Their, who are their goalies? Clear <laughs> right. cut number one guy. Like I don't I don't even think most people could tell you who the backups for both teams are. Not I even could. close. We could because right. we watch hockey all the time. But right. yeah. Um, what in the hell happened to Mark Stone in game five? It didn't look good, did he? Eh? No, minus, he, minus three series. in the whole five series. games leading up to that. Nothing. Bad turnover on the Caulfield goal in game five. It was just Oh, I can't wait to talk about Cole Caulfield. What yeah. a great, what a great story this kid is. Yeah. Holy shit. I love him. Um, let's move on to game six. So, like we just said, game five, Habs come into Vegas, uh, pretty much stomp them. And then in game six, Vegas goes back to starting laner. You kind of had a feeling just because when you saw the big crowd outside, it looks like, you know, fucking huge ass concert basically like people were like rioting the streets like Montreal was ready to explode and you know they they ended up going up I think it was one they went up 1-0 then they then it was 1-1 then they went up 2-1 then it was 2-2 and then um in overtime they end up winning the game 3-2 couple highlights on that that second goal for Montreal by Cole Caulfield what a 
just... I have to criticize Laner on that one. I'm sorry. He had the whole net covered and then goes for the poke check and exposes Caulfield's favorite place to shoot the puck. So he yeah. the, he had said earlier in the series, like the scouting report is he'll go five hole and he absolutely shelved at him. But I'm more so talking about, I can't remember. I think it was McNabb. He does, the pass comes to Caulfield. He doesn't receive the pass. He opens up his blade so that he gets to chip it. And it's just this tiny little chip into open space right off the wall. Just a great finesse play. Something that like real hockey fans can appreciate in full speed gets the body position on a guy who's basically eight inches taller than him and then roof daddy's laner on it. So just an incredible goal. In my opinion, this kid is unbelievable to watch. He's, He's so fast. Deal, man. He's so quick. I'm very excited to see what he does uh, in the finals and his Instagram post kind of got me amped up. So it's funny. Uh, I saw a bunch of people online that were saying, you know, why would Laner go for a poke check when Caulfield stick is probably like the size of a ruler and you're going to have to poke that much farther to try and get the puck. <laughs> the <size> oh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, and then the, the overtime play, uh, please help me on the pronunciation of the, the name. Arturi Lekkonen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say R Terry or something, but yes, Lekkonen, uh off a sweet dish. Who passed it? I'm trying. I'm, well, Gallagher like, started it, I believe. I think Deneau yeah. passed it to him. Deneau yeah, passed right. it. Yeah. And then Lackanen buried it 3 uh, 2 on a nice little one timer. So great scene. Great, great series. By the I way, think- did you guys see the uh, interview afterwards of uh, Lackanen? He was talking about like his friendship with Gallagher and, and all that. That was pretty yeah. funny, funny to hear about. Yeah. Did you see the pizza? Interview yeah. yeah. that was cool. and Gallagher immediately got the puck for him too. When yeah. as soon as the goal went in, he went down to get the puck. Yeah, that's awesome. So th- this Habs team definitely has uh some charisma to it. You know, I think we said team of destiny vibes with the islanders. We're getting with that with the Habs too. Uh we'll they see if go- their magic has run out or not, though. Right. right. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know, but uh all in all the Habs take the series in six games Uh, Nick I know you have a couple stats uh summarizing the series that I kind of want I'll let you talk about sure uh the Knights made their third conference final appearance in four seasons of existence that's pretty damn impressive uh they did not score a power play goal in this series their power play was anemic the entire time it was basically what every color analyst said at the beginning of every broadcast was this power play sucks it needs to wake up they need to do better uh quick note on that i believe i could be wrong i think montreal right now not only do they have the first power play or first First place penalty kill through all the playoffs. I think this is like a historic penalty yep. kill run that they're on. They it haven't is. let in a goal in like 27 20 or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So they have like the best penalty kill in postseason history right now. Yeah. Carry uh, plus blocking a lot of shots. Exactly. They're just eating pucks right now. Uh, the Habs Arena, they had 35,000 or 3,500 fans in there. It sounded like 35,000. It was so loud. And then I know we talked about what the Islanders did to their arena when they won in overtime. Did you guys see what Montreal did to its city when they won in overtime? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That that got a little hectic. Um, Fireworks all over the place. It escalates. It's, you know, there's videos of them flipping and throwing trash cans at a cop car. And yeah, it's the, they went kind of nuts. So I am curious to see if they lift the a little bit of the capacity. They they have the luxury of having another five or six days to decide that, but uh, I'm, I am very curious to see what they do. Have you seen the, like, 
available tickets price for game three. Why don't you share with the listeners what the cheapest ticket is? For a pair, for two tickets. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. And I'm sure there's going to be a bidding war over that. So absolutely. Um, The last stat that I think definitely deserves to be talked about Alec Martinez, a great pickup by the Knights, in my opinion. Um, This postseason, he played the entire playoffs on a broken foot. Not only is that in itself like, holy shit. And he played well with a broken foot. And he played well with a broken foot. There were times in in this playoffs that I thought he was clear-cut their best defenseman on the ice. Yeah. He also led the NHL in block shots this playoffs while playing on that broken foot. So you talk about tough guy. I mean, Jesus Christ. I don't know if it gets any more tough than that. So, uh, you know, tip your cap to Alec Martinez. What a postseason run by him, and that's a true hockey guy move right there. So, yeah, great fantasy pickup too. <laughs> uh, Stanley Cup final preview. Uh, let's just get one thing clear: it's Stanley Cup final, not Stanley Cup finals. For anyone online, let's just you know, it's not like the NBA finals. It's singular. Just you know, get up to Dude, speed, please. Am, am I wrong on that? What? No, no, no. It's just everyone online keeps saying finals with an S instead of final. It's always been Stanley Cup final. If you look at the logo, it's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, no, I'm not I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling Whoops. at morons on Twitter. Uh, I am that moron on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say SCF, just to make sure I'm exactly covering myself. Yeah. Right. Talking in code. You should know. Exactly. Uh, game one is tonight. That's June 28th uh, in Tampa at eight. Uh, the Habs were the last team to make the playoffs while Tampa was in the hunt for the President's Trophy all year long. So I saw something online that I wanted to bring up to you guys. I think it was like Puck Empire NHL discussion, someone that posted this, but they did like a list of comparisons between the 2012 LA Kings, Kings and this Montreal team, like how they both come in with like really, really good goaltenders, but sort of unproven. And that was the year they were the eight seed, right? Right. You come in as like an eight seed and then you make it all the way to the cup final. So, but that wasn't the year they like swept everybody. Was it, or was it? I think it was. I think they swept someone in like the first or second round. I think they swept Vancouver. I know that one of the, you know how the Kings won like twice in three years or whatever. Yeah. One of those runs, they, they swept like, two of the series and the other two the other two series were like five games like they oh, woke okay. up in like like maybe literally like 14. 18 games maybe that was the 14 one that i think that was the, the year they were not the eighth seed but anyway okay. continue i'm super excited for this i really hope that montreal's luck continues uh harry as you put in here they're 11 and 2 in their last 13 games they're it's, hot they're hot they're very hot. Ever since they were down 3-1 to the Leafs, they've basically been a wagon. Yeah. I think the um, thing to remember, though, is they're now going up against a completely different animal. It is a different animal. And for those you know listening, obviously, you're probably interested in the, uh, the gambling activities. So the series prices for this, the Lightning come in as heavy favorites to win the series at minus 275. And Montreal comes in as an underdog at plus 225, which honestly... I thought it was going to be more like plus 270, plus 300. So I'm a little shocked to give Montreal that much. I thought we were going to see a three in front of that number. So, yeah. And then in terms of game one, immediately for tonight, we've got the over under at five. Uh, Montreal on the money line is plus 170. Tampa on the money line is minus 200. 
And then you can get Tampa on the puck line at plus 150 and then Montreal on their puck line at minus 170. That's, I'm curious uh, to see what the uh, Montreal reverse puck line is going to be. I'm oh, just, uh, you're going just... to be probably in the 350, 370 range, I'd say, somewhere in there. Uh, a fun stat that I want to let the listeners know, William Nylander. Sounds like a while since we've mentioned his name, right? Maple Leafs, remember them? Uh, they have been out since the first round after losing in seven to the Montreal Canadiens. William Nylander still has more goals than any player on the Habs roster, and they are now in the Stanley Cup final. That's so bonkers. that is absolutely nuts to think about. Just shows you how many people are contributing on this team. Uh, another stat, actually, I'll let you guys talk a little bit while I bring this up because I didn't save it. Sorry. You're good. I think one of the other, you know, you talk about the Habs getting contributions from all over the place, and that's why they're so successful. Talk about a player that's really exploded in the last couple of weeks is Jesperi Kotkaniemi. I mean, this was a guy that was sent down to the minors last season to improve his game and has scored some seriously huge goals. He's skating well. He's hitting, you know, passing looks really good. His vision looks really good. It just looks like he's hitting his stride right now, which is really good to see. Yeah, a guy that I think we talked about last postseason, like how the hell, you know, is he getting AHL'd, but then he his performance slack last year during before COVID hit and all yep. that. So right. good to see him bounce back. The stat that I do want to uh, share that Mac uh, showed us by Jeff Vellet. Sorry, bad with names. Um, a incredible stat. Heading into the Stanley Cup Finals, the Montreal Canadiens' combined regular season and playoff record is 36 wins and 37 losses. In theory, if they win this series in seven games, they can win the Stanley Cup with having a below 500 win percentage on the entire season combined. That would be probably – I'm going to go out on a limb. I have no data to back this up. I'm just going to say it. That's got to be the first time in history that's ever happened. You can guarantee – you can guarantee if they win – if the Montreal Canadiens win the Stanley Cup, there's going to be a 30 for 30 about this where it's like interviewing all the players like years later and they're going to be like, yeah, we kind of sucked that year, but (laughs) we just found ourselves in the cup final and we weren't going to lose. (laughs) One huge thing that will play a role in this, Joel Armia, who has been a uh, just a great uh, player for the Habs, not only in the bubble last year, but this year as well. Big body, plays physical, third liner. He is not traveling with the team to Tampa Bay as he is now in COVID protocol. That's a, I feel like this, at any This point, sucks. I hate this so much. I, like, I just, in my opinion, anybody who goes down at this time of the year is a big loss because you literally yes. need every single player. So. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, I think it's also worth noting that I feel like people have kind of forgotten about this. The Habs are doing this all without Jonathan Duran. Yeah, I think that is something that's gotten lost. He's been out, um, you know, since before the postseason even started. So I do also want to say, and I think I said, I tweeted this and I said this to you guys over the weekend. Remember when people thought the PK Subban, Shea Weber trade, the Canadians got fleeced because Weber is apparently old and washed and all this right. stuff look how that one turned out yeah now he's captain and he, the team. he ripped a fucking bomb and i think that was game six yep yeah yeah he's a tank um yeah Which, by the way i mean probably probably not gonna happen more than maybe once this series if that but 
consistently Weber score a goal is like plus five or 600 or something like that. That's not so, bad. So the night that he scored that goal, you could have won big, but right. hmm. interesting. Um, I'll put it as simple as this in terms of my preview. I am, and I, and I know I have family who's listening who are huge lightning fans and I apologize if they win, I won't be that mad. Cause you know, good for you guys. I am rooting for the Montreal Canadians so hard this series just because of the underdog story and Carey Price. Look at what happened to Lundqvist in 2014. The Rangers go to the finals. They lose to the Kings. It looks like everything will still be good in New York, and they blow up the team two years later, basically. And yep. Hank never gets a shot. And he never dad. gets a shot. Carey yeah. Price deserves a cup. He this is, is let's be real, this is his shot. This yep. is his last shot. I yeah. mean, if we're being perfectly frank. Yeah, because they and have a team that's going to be back next year or whatever. You know, right. I mean, good, but this is kind of fluky. I don't think they're going to like. It's a little fluky. And Shea Weber, he's never won a cup, and he's arguably been the most consistent and best defenseman since 2005. And guys got how many guess. gold medals? Yeah, I mean, he's won everything with Canada. Now it's time for him to win something in the league and – Harry, can I speculate a uh, whether you realize this or not? Uh, another reason why maybe you're not rooting for the Lightning. What? Because they're going to repeat, yeah. and then it would diminish what the Penguins. Just and then did. the last team to repeat would be the Lightning, not the Penguins. Hundred percent. You are. <laughs> there's no speculation, Mac. You're just smart. So I've got a uh, no. I've got a Penguins buddy out here, and uh, when we're watching like a uh, playoff game a couple of rounds ago. Actually, we were watching game seven of the Leafs-Habs series together. We were just talking about what teams are left and who we'd like to see win it or wouldn't like to see. And he was like, anybody but Tampa. And I was like, what's the big deal with Tampa? And he was like, because then the Pens wouldn't be the only team. Oh, I 100%. <laughs> I, I I'm like, insufferable. Oh, I'm just as insufferable. Oh, poor you. Yeah. So I saw something on Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw this. I think it was like NHL Breakers, Puck Empire, one of those. I can't remember. So apparently in 2015, the Blackhawks won the cup. And in the offseason going into the 16th season, there was a vote by the owners of each team about salary cap issues. And there was a vote about how much or if it should even be allowed for teams to go over the cap with this LTIR thing. Because that was the year they held out Patty Kane all season and then he came back to the playoffs. Yes. And there was one team. One team that voted that said that the, there there should be no, like, I hate to use the word cheating. There should be no loophole for this. It needs to be gone. It shouldn't be allowed. That one team. Tampa Bay. Ironically, was Tampa Bay. <laughs> and then everybody God else said, <laughs> everybody else said, no, 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 it's fine. Blah, blah. And here we are six years later with a big fuck you to everybody. And Tampa to be honest, is that makes it a little bit more okay. Yeah, a little bit, right? You're just like, well, you said we could do it. So fuck right. you. Yeah. So yeah. they're twenty million over the cap. That's what you want. We'll go twenty say, million. Over. Here yeah. we are, eighteen million dollars later, and a team that's about to go back to back. So they're still just asking for it to be done, and then like right now before the cup, the league's like, okay, yeah, actually, yeah. we'll just end it right now. And the letting are like, uh. So let's say Tampa gets this done. Let's say they win it in four games, five games, six games, whatever. Do we see a rule change in the off season where the league goes, okay? You know, you got your one. Uh, that was yeah. a smart move. Enough's enough. We're we're going to call this the Tampa rule now. And, you know, I think you're going to see that. Yeah. yeah. But before we get into speculation too much, I just want to like really get your guys' opinions on what you think will happen. I kind of got off track. I'm rooting for the Habs, but in all seriousness, I, I love I love the story that they have. But Tampa's just a different animal. Yeah, I completely agree. I 
ironically, I'm finding myself rooting for the Habs, a team that I have long hated um, ever since 2010. And even before that, I was never a big fan. But yeah, uh, you got to pull for them here. It would be uh, one of the biggest upsets of all time. I already think them beating Vegas is one of the biggest Stanley Cup playoff upsets ever. So if the Habs beat the Bolts, I would say it's the biggest upset in the Stanley Cup final. 100%. History. I, uh, right I also really want to see Cole Caulfield attempt to lift the cup because <laughs> I don't know if he can do it. He probably can, but yeah, that'd be pretty funny. Mac, what do you, what do you think about this series? Yeah, I think um, pretty much just echo what you guys had said. I, um, I think Tampa's going to get it done in, what did I say? Five, right? Six, six. I think we all had bolts in six. Yeah. It could even be less than that. I don't know. I, I really want to see the Habs do it. Maybe, maybe the curse of the uh, what was it, the Clarence Campbell Bowl, and the uh, yep. you saw that the only the Habs stayed away from touching it, and the the bolts were touching all over that thing. So maybe that'll curse them or something. But I think it's gonna take a, a like wicked curse or something like that to uh, to reverse the fate of how this one's gonna go. Unfortunately, but yeah, I'd love to be wrong. That'd be awesome. I wouldn't be shocked if this went seven. I think I actually wouldn't be surprised just because we know what the Habs have been capable of this year, and we and know then, what Price is capable of, and then we know that Tampa at sometimes you know can be a little bit soft, but and then Vasilevsky pitches another shutout in the elimination right. game. And then yeah, it, 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 either it. way, Tampa's winning this, even if it yeah. goes seven. They're not going to lose that. So one of the interesting things about this series is you now have an all-time great penalty kill versus an all-time great power play. So which one's going to bend? I mean, something's got to give. The, the Bolts power play has been money all, all postseason. They've been dynamite. And like we just said earlier, I think the Canadians have killed off like 27 straight penalties. They have, they're having a historic run on their PK. So what do you guys think? I think that – the advantage in that situation actually is in the Habs' favor because, in general, it is easier to not let in a goal on a power play than it is right. to let in a goal. That's why you're, you know, you're having a good day on the power play if you go one for three or two for four or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think basically the ball is in the Habs' court to just, you know, lock it down. Um, it's all about getting that first one, right? You can't you can't start game one tonight and you know first or second power play the bolts get let one in. You got to shut it down early. Got to make it a, a main objective to like yep. frustrate them because that's where they've gotten the majority of their goals this postseason. I love when we get matchups like this, and I think one of the most telling ways to examine a matchup like this is yeah, you're going Tampa's power play versus Montreal penalty kill, but I love to flip it. You look yeah. at Montreal's power play versus Tampa's penalty kill, and I think that's where you're going to see that's a difference made in the it. series. So, in all seriousness, the goaltending is a wash, and you could probably—they're probably—they're easily two yeah. of the top three, if not the top two, goaltenders right. in the NHL. And what's cool, yeah, is that both goalies are going to give their teams a chance to win every single game in this series. Um, and the reason I predicted Bolts is because I just think they have the better offensive team by far, and that's, that's going to be a bigger problem for the Habs D to handle than it will be the 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 opposite. I don't think – and the funny thing is, and people might like – crush me for this i think the defense is relatively close when you talk strictly defensive core the top four of the habs is playing lights out they're playing 
out of their minds right now. I mean, Petrie looks good. Edmondson looks good. Weber looks good. Everybody's playing well. Um, I think that they can hang just like the lightning top four with McDonough and Hedman and all them. The problem is when you start talking about offense, the bolts are just so deep. I mean, it's, it's a joke. So it's very obvious that Montreal, if they end up getting into a, a shootout with the lightning, they're not going to win that battle. The Habs are going to have to win this series by winning games, you know, three, two at the max, right? That's yep. really where I'd start picturing it. Don't ask me why I have a gut feeling which is usually a good thing. We keep saying bolts and six, which means the Habs are going to have to win some. I kind of like the Habs in game one to set some panic down in Florida. I don't know why I feel like because that they – Tampa's had a little, usually not that good in game one. They're not that good in game one. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the Habs could do it in game one, and I think Price maybe steals the show, and you get like a three-to-one win that's like a tight checking game for the Habs. Can you imagine if we're 2-0 going to Montreal? Oh my God! That would I know. I'm, I know. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but just, and they just they pull up blue jackets like circa right. two years ago and just sweep them. Or yeah. a Capitals and they go down three-two, but ultimately get it done. Yeah. Anyway. So we're all we're all on the bolts and six. I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. We know what the game one lines are. What's your bet for game one tonight? I'm with you. I kind of like Habs money line. It's good value. I'd throw like one and a half units on Habs money line, see what happens. Um, however, I'm sorry, you go. Well, I was just going to say another thing I might sprinkle some money on is that uh, if you have this on your book, it's um, picking the exact result of the series. I, I might actually throw some money on like Tampa to win in six because I really, I really do think that's like a perfect amount of games for both teams to battle and similar to Tampa and Dallas last year, right? I mean, yep. Dallas gave it all they fucking had, but they were clearly just not as good of a team as Tampa. Yep. 100%. So if you have that on your book, it's probably a decent value. Yeah, I, uh, I'll probably jump on Habs money line. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Habs reverse puck line just because I feel like if they win, it's going to be a one goal sort of thing. And that being said, I could also just flip on the TV tonight and see Tampa's up for nothing in the second period and be like, yeah, that sounds about right. So the moral of the story for me, and this is something I'm going to be doing all series. So listen closely. And I know people sometimes get confused when we're talking puck lines, there's two types. There's puck. There's two different types of puck lines. The team who's favored the win. When you bet their puck line, they have to win by at least two goals. The team who's underdog, when you bet their puck line, which means it's plus one and a half, plus one and a half instead of minus one and a half, you still win the bet as long as your team wins or doesn't lose by more than one goal. And what you're going to see in this series is Tampa is going to be favored out the ass in every single game. Every single one. And given that we're in the Stanley Cup Finals and Montreal is playing well, I am going to be betting Montreal plus one and a half most games to series because you have to reason with yourself and say, okay, Montreal might not win, but maybe they'll lose by just one goal, which I think is incredibly realistic. And you're getting good value for that. Usually that shit's at like minus 250. You're going to be seeing that at like minus 160 this series. That's true. And and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that, uh, you know, it's a great bet especially if you're consistent, it's, it's a great, it's a great bet to consistently pick every right. single game, this series, because like we said, they're going to, they're not going to get swept. I, I really don't think, I don't they're think gonna they are swept. not going to get swept. So eventually that, that plus one and a half is going to hit because they'll have won. 
Yeah. And you think it'll hit at least once or twice in an overtime game or in a one goal close game. So yeah, it's not a bad one at all to just sprinkle a little bit if you have it on every single game of the series. Right. Now maybe if you get it the first one, then maybe you hold off the net game two because you hope you know you think Tampa might win. You know, whatever. But good right. advice, Eric. Good advice. And and when Max says adjusted puck line, just for those who don't know, because I, I feel like there is still some confusion adjusted puck line just means you're doing the opposite of what the book usually gives you. So for this instance, Montreal will be underdogs in every game, this series, they will be plus one and a half. Like I just said, they either win or just lose by one adjusted puck line means that you can bet the Habs to be minus one and a half where they went by two. So they have to win by at least two goals. And that is where you get some fat value. I mean, I would imagine tonight because it's very unlikely. It's very right. unlikely. That's it's probably still a team that is not favored to win by two or more. I mean, you saw yeah. there was a game last uh, last round where the Habs beat the Knights four to one. Adjusted yep. puck line hit big in that game, and it was like you're going to get that at probably plus five hundred. Like, yeah, or or yeah, somewhere between like plus three fifty and plus five hundred for sure. Somewhere in that range, but. Just a little couple gambling tips as we're going into this series. It's always fun to bet on the Stanley Cup final. Um, I don't really have anything else. I kind of went off there. Apologies. No, I think another thing to look at is, especially if you're the Habs, I mean, Philip Deneau has been incredible at the face-off dot, and that's going to be such a huge uh, you know, asset for them against a team that's as deep down the middle as Tampa Bay is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, you know, this, I, I think uh, Biz said it on Chicklets. I think it felt like in Game Four of the Habs Night Series, every goal was scored off a faceoff. Yeah, or so, it was something. It seemed like that. it. So, um, you know, it's, there, there's a lot of stuff to watch for this series. But at the end of the day, this is all the pressures on Tampa. This is Tampa's series to lose. And I think if Montreal can set some panic in Game One, then maybe we can get some make make things interesting caulfield to score has like lately it's been like plus 550 plus 600 depending on the game and i think we're gonna see him get at least one this series so that's gotta be brought down i would imagine yeah like that's gonna somewhat come down right i mean am i crazy how it really doesn't happen like all that often it just happens at like really big times and that's why i feel like people think it's like happening a lot more this playoffs but i mean even if it's like plus 450 or plus 400 i I would still do it at some point this series because i think it is going to happen again yeah yeah uh that about does it for me do you guys have anything else to add mac you had your beer league story that's oh, right. Yes. I'll uh, I'll rip through this one quick, and then uh, we'll we'll get on our merry way. But yeah, basically, uh, we were supposed to have two weeks in a row off for some reason in my beer league. It's just the way the schedule worked out. Um, but granted, that everybody hates having time off because then you have to shake off the cobwebs the next time you get on the ice. We were like, oh, can we find a way around this? And so, um, I think I've mentioned before that for this league or for this you know organization that I play with, there's an A league, a B league, and a C league. I play in the B league cause it's like the perfect combination of like competitive, but still lots of fun. Um, and the A league only has three teams in it. So it's like kind of like boring. It's like, they just play each other over and over again. Like, I don't really want any part of that. Um, and so anyway, long story short, 
not supposed to have a game this weekend. A couple days ago, um, we get a text from our captain. He's like, hey, I can't make it, but um, the like league manager just asked me if we want to scrimmage one of the A-teams this Saturday because they had their team cancel and said so they still have a nice slot and we can play on it for free and still just get on the ice. Uh, non-league game obviously won't count towards anything. We're like, yeah, sure. So like 10 of us were able to make it. Um, we go out there. The team's called Uncle Bucks, and it's um, <laughs> awesome. It we we wear gray. We're we're Bar Camino is our our team, and when we're coming up the. You got to come up these stairs to get to the ice, and we come up, and we look, and they're wearing white, and we're like, oh fucking hell, no way. So we all turn around, and we're like, I guess we got to go change because we asked them, and we're like, most of the A teams have two uniforms, and we're like do you guys have like darks? And they were like, no. And we were like, okay, well, great. So we all turn around and now we're like, well, now we're going to look like even more of a stupid fucking like beer league team playing against this like actual, like organized team here. Cause we're now, now we're all wearing like random colors. Like I'm wearing like a teal practice Jersey. Somebody else is wearing like a red, like we're all, we're just like colors at this point. So we're like, wow, we look stupid. We come out, First period, we're losing like five to nothing, like almost right away. This team is like they've got a girl, somebody's girlfriend in the stands wearing a jersey. Uh, their their uniforms were sick, by the way. They were like an off white cream color with like orange highlights and stuff. They were oh, that's really cool, really nice. Um, but like, yeah, they were legit. They had chemistry. All their passes were tape to tape, and like great breakouts. The goalie was solid. We were like actually testing him, and he was still solid. Um, and then uh, you could tell, like, the, what was really annoying us was they were, like, so, so try hard about it. Like, they were, despite being up 5 nothing, they were, like, pouring on the back check, pouring on the four check, um, you know, killing penalties, still, like, dumping the puck down and stuff. And it was like, bro, come on, like, it's ridiculous. Um, and then your boy, Crease Monkey Mac Vogel, finds the back of the net in like the early third period to make it, I think seven to one. <laughs> Please tell me you sullied. I, it literally like hit off of my hand and like fell in the net. I like didn't even use my stick to score this goal. They don't ask how they ask how many. Yeah, no, it was, it was ridiculous. But like, we all started cheering so hard. We were like, ah, we got one. <laughs> uh and then we actually scored another one so we we won the third period two to nothing we like really locked it down towards the end um but yeah the first period was a mess uh needless to say b league is where it's at a league is a bunch of tryhards that have really cool uniforms which is you know a nice trade-off if 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 you're into that sort of thing i guess (laughs) (laughs) i love the way you phrase it if you're into that sort of thing dude they're just waiting for their call up like you know kudos to them for well, we were hard. trying to figure out like who these guys were too because they were all like pretty young so we were like are these just like washed up like college players college guys because like... most of our team is in their like 40s honestly right. so that didn't help either but anyway yeah. it was fun getting on the ice and uh my goal scoring streak is alive so you know i sometimes forget when we're playing like there are people who are like over 30 that mm-hmm. are playing. And I'm like, what's that like? <laughs> like, I hope I'm still playing when I'm over 30. Shit. Yeah. One guy on our team, I think is like 55 or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, we, got, we got a couple of those guys too. Um, but anyways, that's a great epi fellas. 
great Stanley Cup final. Final. No S. Preview. There you go. Good job. Uh, so we got a lot, lot of action coming up this week. We will be recording probably next week, I would say, uh, after the weekend. So everybody enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Have a couple beers. Um, wear our summer merch. You can find our merch in the store. Same place you find it as the Wowie Kazowie collaboration with the Lachlan family. Mac, I got to give you props. I've talked to some people on my roller hockey team, couple buddies, you know, asking for feedback on the merch store, seeing what's going on. That Max Overtime Bar and Grill shirt, they all say is people the best design. People love one. it. They love that. Have we one. gotten some decent orders for that one. Yeah. I nice. just got mine uh, the other day. So my girlfriend's brother in law like bought one. Yeah, mine should be here any day now. There you go. You got to wear it when you're feeling the overtime. Yeah. yeah. I'll wear it to uh, Konohitos. The, yeah. uh, there you let's go. go. Where, the, where it all started. But. Yeah, Konohitos in that fucking shirt will make right. a great combo. It's like, the bat, it's like the bat signal when you think like there's going to be an overtime game. You just put the shirt right. on. Can't right. lose. That's perfect. All right, everybody. Well, we appreciate the support. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Go Montreal. Uh, and without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>